0: Good evening, everyone. You are listening to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. My name is Nick, and this is my co-host. Hi, I'm Chantal. And today, we are interviewing a very interesting graduate student here at Western. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, working, how teamwork works, and how that can be maybe even applied to space. So this is our guest, Natasha Oslis. And why don't you introduce us?
1: Hi everyone, I'm Natasha Oslis. I just finished my Master's of Science and I'm starting my PhD today, tomorrow, whenever we start working. (laughs) And uh, I am specifically in the org psychology group, organizational psychology area of Western Psych Department in the Faculty of Social Science. And I do work on a little bit of space stuff, so we will talk about that. (laughs) And my thesis was specifically on a team collaboration and how that works within engineering student project teams. So tell
2: us a little bit more about that. How did you uh, get connected with this project,
1: and mm-hmm. and how did it go for you? For sure. So. Um I learned about organizational psychology really late in my undergrad, had no idea what it was for like three plus years, and then just pivoted all my grad school applications toward this area because it's really exciting to be able to apply these things to the workplace, which is specifically what organizational psychology is about. So my thesis in the master's was about how teams are assumed, of course, the point is that they're interdependent, they're collaborative, they rely on each other. So interdependence being the opposite of independence. If we were independent within the team, we might just get together and write a paper, but we don't actually like do anything. I write the intro, you write the methods, we don't really collaborate at all. Okay, we so you're looking at collaborative teamwork. Collaborative teamwork, yes. And usually when we say that there's a team and not just a work group or some kind of random set of people, we mean that they're collaborative. So, we should know more about how that operates within a teamwork setting within a you know, organizational setting. We don't know too much about it. It's just kind of a given, and it's just sort of glossed over a lot. So I wanna explore how does that collaboration actually make the teams work better? Does it work because we focus on the task? Does it work because we hang out and like chit chat, and we feel just closer socially? and we like each other, like separate from the work that we're doing, how does that exactly function? Mm
0: -hmm. So uh, just to break it down, so Mm -hmm. organizational psychology, that is really about how teams work or is there other kind of aspects?
1: So that's a subsection. Okay. And other aspects would be anything about people in the workplace. Right, okay. So it would be about uh, occupational health and safety would play a role. What's the role of like not sleeping enough on your work-life balance or the way that you operate at work? How do you hire people, manage people, choose leaders, like, you know, develop leaders, train individuals in the workplace. We pull from an interdisciplinary set of, like, learning and memory research and sort of cognitive psychology, social and personality psychology, business and uh, management and entrepreneurship and things like that all together to, like, just anything to do with people at work. So, so teams even is a within,
0: Even though, like, teams are a subset of orga- organizational psychology, it seems like a huge field in and of itself. So what is the exact Mm -hmm. angle you take or look at?
1: For sure, so there's a lot of people in a lot of different departments that will study teams, and there's people in space stuff, or healthcare, for example, a lot of nursing research at Western does teamwork as well, and we take the angle of understanding the interpersonal processes, so how does the person sort of feel about the team, what do they perceive to be sort of going on, there's like the reality of it, and then there's the perception of like each of the separate people. So some might look at the collection of people and how their, you know, stock trading ability will affect their performance as a team or individuals. We'll want to know, break down the mechanism inside of that of like, how does it actually make them better? And we'll do that through questionnaires, like field experiments, uh, longitudinal, so over time based data collection, maybe once a week, maybe every few months, um, and all of the sort of psychological abstract fuzzy variables that are hard to tap into. That are happening while the team's together.
0: So one thing that I'm like, that what you're talking about makes me think of right away uh, is a book that was released uh, a couple of years back called Quiet. um, Mm -hmm. And I think the author is Susan Cain. And in this book, it talks about how there's been a shift in workplace, but also in, you know, educational settings from a uh, introverted, um, a focus on introversion to extroversion that, You go from the cubicle to the pod, you know, the desk Mm -hmm. in the pod, the open workplace and uh, the perception that working as a team is much better than individually in like all instances. Mm -hmm. So is that the kind of like reality versus perception angle you're talking about or is there kind of a different angle you're taking?
1: For sure, that's part of it. So the first thing that my advisor, uh, Dr. Natalie Allen, in the psych department did when she got into this field of teamwork was actually write a paper on how we think it's so great that everyone should be in teams and teams are so wonderful. And there's this romantic notion of like the end of a sports movie where everyone's together and they won. And you're just cheering and everyone feels like they're part of this family. And the reality of teams is very different. People will fight and they won't want to work together. And they'll be stuck with these people that they hate. And anyone who's had a group project can tell you about their bad experience. Totally. <laughs> so there's definitely, you guys in this room, absolutely for sure, you will see the difference between, like we said, the perception, the ideal of like teamwork being so great and companies moving towards that when the reality is not either very obvious for those companies or they're neglecting these other people that might not want to work in teams or be as naturally inclined to talk as much as I would, for example, (laughs) or others of us in this room. So there's a challenge where we leave people behind when we assume everything should be done in a team. And some things like brainstorming are actually better to be doing by yourself. And so that's somewhere where, of course, it's important to incorporate everyone of all different personalities and all different kind of inclinations of how much they need other people to be around all the time. So in your master's
2: uh, project, uh, you you focus on a specific sort of like uh,
1: experiment right can you tell us a little bit about about the context of that
2: project for
1: sure yeah so the engineering student project teams are a specific uh, partnership that we have with one course in the engineering department here at Western where they have to do a design project and this is their kind of innovation design course I can't remember the title right now but they you know build an electric car, they make, you know, sort of accessibility things for people so that they can, you know, use wheelchairs going up the stairs, for example, kind of innovative technological solutions to things. And they work in teams within this course for eight months. And we get to survey them, assign them to their teams at the beginning and collect information from them over the course of their course and then we get their grades at the end so we can see how these psychological variables influence their grades at the end of the day Mm. and how different compositional variables how introverted or extroverted they are the different kind of mix of people who may have english as their first language or as another language they learned later on in their life and how that will influence how well they do in the class so i looked at that and collected information at the beginning when they're together in the middle and then the grades at the end and said how collaborative do these teams feel Mm. and does how collaborative they feel versus how independent they are relate to the grades that they got at the end of the day. So more collaborative teams, I thought, oh, that's the teamwork part. They made this course and the assignment to be working well in a team. The more collaborative teams should do better. And does anything go in between that to explain why that's happening? And I thought that would be classic constructs or ideas or abstract uh, concepts that we have in psychology like cohesion or team conflict. So things that are, like, team-based that the team would do and feel over the time that they were working together in these eight months. So if they're more collaborative, are they having less conflict or maybe more good conflict? And would that mean that their grades are better? All right. And what, that's what I'm trying to test. What's, what's good conflict? <laughs> good question. So there's actually a lot of uh, discussion in the research about how we think conflict is bad, we think getting into a disagreement with someone is bad, and of course when it's done disrespectfully that's a problem, but there are ways where if we just went with the first approach that someone said, and we all just yes-men and we just say yes, of course, that's a great idea, no one contradicts that. We can have subpar ideas, we can end up doing badly, for example, in this class. So. What is good is the conflict that is focused on the task, not on saying you're a terrible person, I don't like you. That's a personality conflict we don't want. That's a relationship <laughs> part that we want to keep away. Don't let it devolve into you know personal attack on other people in your group. But when you respectfully say, I don't think that's the best way of building this electric car, I think we should actually try to root the battery underneath instead of you know sitting on the top. It's going to get hot from the sun. Above. So you're rationalizing, you explain what the reason is for your disagreement you offer some constructive criticism to improve that and that's what we would consider good conflict so how much of collaborative or
2: interdependent teamwork is about personality management
1: so much (laughs) all teamwork (laughs) (laughs) is definitely but the more that you are together with the team uh, the more that you rely on each other the theory is and a lot of the research supports that the more you're going to get into these kind of conversations so the conflict management is going to be really important so keeping okay. things civil keeping them task focused when the group is the task thing that's going to help you to avoid some of the stuff that we're talking.
0: do companies sort of have um people to do this like i could definitely see a, d- a job title being like conflict manager <laughs> or something like this does that not sound out of the
1: it sounds perfectly right? like it should be the case. Unfortunately, I don't think we're seeing that. Really? And one of the reasons I don't think we see it, I think people in HR, which is a very malign kind of, you know, push to the side. Yeah. Like if we, I love the office you know, references because I'm kind of watching it again. So, like, Toby's just kind of, like, in the corner. No one really like. The annex. likes him. Yeah. He's in the annex. <laughs> He's totally, like, put down upon all the time. And sometimes we understand why people might not be integrated from HR if you're seen as an agent of the company. Yeah, that's so right. if you're supposed to be the conflict manager, if you're supposed to be learning about and, and helping the people in the company to perform well, that's not the role that's being seen right now. No. So mm-hmm. they might be people who are capable or who are supposed to be, you know, neutral third party to help you, but people aren't going to them to share things. And recent issues in companies and recent Whole movements like the Me Too movement are not being supported by the HR people in those companies. They are p- often protecting, you know, the leaders who are doing things wrong. So it's so easy to see why people might not have gone to them and said, "I'm having conflict in my team. Like, mm-hmm. can you help me to resolve that?" although people might want perhaps that they're not part of the team right yeah yeah yeah. so there's that in-group thing like there's a lot of you know things that can be explained by i feel like these people in the engineering department are part of my in-group i feel like Mm -hmm. the people in the finance section of the company are not part of my in-group i don't share with them i kind of see them all as one blobby thing you Mm -hmm. know they are like finance people all the same they're just numbers they're not really interested in this stuff or see hr people are the same they're just like Fuzziness, and they're not going to have anything useful to tell me, or they're just there to like hire and fire you. For example, so, so one, that.
0: was one of the things that you looked at in uh, the engineering classroom was how uh, all these different teams kind of organize themselves. That you know, I'm certain some of them would do certain jobs, some of them would do others. Did you find that some of them had a specific person as like a mediator? Was that something you saw?
1: So it's a great question, and I wish we had the richness of like knowing who was in each role and kind right, of how right. they sorted themselves, so I wish we had more of that data to specifically know. However, what we did do, because we go in and do a training with them when we first put them into the groups, is talk about those roles and hope that they'll take some of that home when they need it to think about having the role of a mediator, having the different conflict management styles. Sometimes it's best to just say, okay, you win, I'm not going to fight about this, And for each person to be aware of the different styles they can use. Sometimes it's worth it to fight because, like, you've got the right answer and it's an important high-stakes decision. And so hopefully there are people in that group who will diffuse and who'll know to use those strategies. Uh, and I think what would really add to the research that it did do you know, for the future would be understanding how they really broke down that work, like you said, and how they actually flowed maybe their like work and their documents to each other, how they communicated. There's super cool new methods being developed to understand how people will uh, connect with others. And where's like, the network? What does it look like for you to talk to the people in your group versus someone else in the group? It would Have a different kind of shape or network structure, so to speak. Um,
2: so you began the project with a, um, you sort of like orienti- orientation with mm-hmm. these different groups. D- how often did you meet with them throughout the eight months that they were working together?
1: So we met three times, and we collected a bunch of stuff at the first day. And they did a cool little um, marshmallow tower building experiment thing. Okay. And they loved it because they got to be very competitive, like within mm-hmm. their group. And that was a little way of feeling like, oh, we're a team. Like we're in this together. We're working on this little. Low stakes, not super (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. course dependent thing with them. And uh, then we come back a few months later, about two and a half months later, and then we come back in March. So we're kind of there to talk to them at any time. So we are trying to be those potential conflict mediating people within this situation. They don't go to us too much unless it's really bad, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are trying to, now moving forward, so for this year's data collection and onwards, actually collect like pulse data more often. to know what's going on at a finer-grained scale of measurement as opposed to, like, three times, which is, like, the minimum you can really do for looking at things over time.
2: And so over the course of the three times that you met with them, what were some of the things that you saw in the different groups in terms of, like, how they worked Mm -hmm. together, how the teams formed? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So what we do find over time is that they generally get, you could phrase it two ways, either more depressed about things or more realistic. And so they start off saying, oh, like we're so amazing and we get along so well and we love this marshmallow thing that we just did because mm-hmm. we asked them right afterwards. And they just met them and it's like Frosh week or it's like the week after Frosh week, they're super excited, everything's cool, they just moved to university, live on res, whatever. And then things just go down over time, which may happen just in first year in general mm-hmm. or might be something about the teams and you learn more about each other and maybe start to have some disagreements and conflicts. So over time, they generally, like, agree with each other just as much, but all their stuff, like how happy and gelling and cohesive we are, goes down. How much we think we're going to succeed also goes down, which might have to do with how uh, they're getting some of those marks back. You know, they're getting a realistic sense. What were some of the factors that involved in, some, in terms of their
2: uh, sense of potential success? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Were they, yeah, like, wh- like what played a role in how yeah, they yeah. perceived what they might that's a really great
1: question so within our data i know some other people in my lab are working on that and unfortunately i don't know what predicts it within the people that we know right here but we know that the way that you feel about yourself so your core self evaluations like i think i could do it definitely plays into whether the group thinks that they can do it so if it's a group made up of people who are like we can succeed like that will do better but there is still a difference in how like our group sense predicts like how well we'll do and it's better than just the individual. So it's not like, oh, we just added it together and it's that simple, which is cool about groups because it's like more than the sum of its parts type of
0: thing. So what do you mean by group sense? Like Mm -hmm. is that like an idea that we'll work together as a group or is that kind of something else?
1: Yeah. So what's really interesting about that is you can have the same questions that we ask people. And if they say, I feel like I'm going to do well in this course. And then the next question says, we feel like our team is going to do well in this course there's very different answers and the answers agree a lot more within the team when you say my group thinks this even oh, wow. though each person is answering it separately and they're answering both questions like at the same time right mm-hmm. they're like in the same day that they respond and yet it's not just like oh we just add these up together and we basically look at like the sharedness sort of mathematically we just kind of see how much are those things clustered and they're more clustered with the group
0: and is there like a difference between like so is there a difference between because you have their final grades at the end, which is like a marker of how successful their team worked. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference between like a group that thinks they're working well or thinks they will work well versus a group that doesn't like is there a specific difference not in just the fact that they're in teams, mm-hmm. but the self-perception of their team affecting their grades?
1: Yes, yes. So the perception that they have does affect their grades such that groups that think they're doing better and that they will do better, even at the beginning, are going to do better. And that's consistent with individual level stuff from some research that's been going on for decades, which is like, if I think I'm going to do it, then I'm going to do better, which is going to make me feel like I can do it. So it's this positive feedback loop. And even though those things go down over time, they're predictive nonetheless. So the first time is just as good at predicting your grade as the next time and the next time. So that means everybody went down because if just one group went down, then the correlations of the relationships would not be as strong. Right. They would change. But it's like everyone stayed where they were in the rank order. And then they just all kind of shifted to be less optimistic.
0: So so from that, can you then say like in the workplace, encourage teams to like think they're going to work well? Or, like, so how would you bring that into, like, Mm -hmm. a real-life situation?
1: Great question. So what I would say is once we can figure out what drives that first initial impression, which might exist in the research, and I'm just not super, you know, on top of it right now, then we can try to form teams that think they're going to do well. And because that initial thing will set them off for the future – Whatever makes you feel more comfortable. Like we have the right skills and the right composition of skills might be the important thing. One and the, then we can put it one together. of the
2: things that you um, that you mentioned earlier was that uh, groups that um, that try to establish a com uh, that are able to establish a common goal in advance of sort of becoming the, beginning the project seem to be more cohesive moving forward. So I'm interested in what it means to establish a common goal mm-hmm. and. Um, and what advice you might give groups that are trying to figure out how to do that in order to uh, mm-hmm. increase their chances of success? For sure.
1: So, that's one thing that we did find in the research that the more that you felt your goal was interdependent with the team, the more that you felt the feedback you're getting was like team focus from the TAs or the instructors, for example, and the more that we are working together for this grade was predictive like you said of how cohesive we feel so we feel we gel together when we're working on this task and that in turn influenced the great so that was like this whole pathway of positivity like more of this is more of this is more of the grades. and what i would say for teams that want to develop that is if you have something like this little marshmallow task you have a low stakes simpler kind of mini version of what you're going to do we work together on that and we can get that sense of success by getting over this little hurdle. Mm-hmm. So the more that there's challenges from the outside, the stronger the group feels that they are a group in the inside.
0: I think that's really interesting because I think I think, a lot of companies or organizations or groups or whatever are encouraging teamwork in a very vague sense. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you get like the pods and the, you know, the open workplace. And that's where you get people getting frustrated because you know you have an open workplace and people just end up talking and so then if you want to do like a focus intensive task you have to put on headphones Mm -hmm. what have you instead of the company saying okay we want to do this task and we want it to be done in a team and here are some ways that teamwork can be beneficial like it seems like that specific uh Mm -hmm. you know uh instruction is lacking Is lacking. Is, is that kind of what you're seeing from looking at the research translating to the real world.
1: Absolutely. And people in companies will say, like our company is so collaborative. It's like it's the whole company collaborating. (laughs) Like Like, what what is exactly yeah. Yeah. What is happening in this company? So if you don't have You know, boardrooms, workspaces, actual separated room that is maybe even sound, you know, at least separated from those pods and that open office, how can you say you're making an environment where a team of a reasonable size of people, which is usually like less than, you know, 10, 15 people, maybe even three to five-ish, can work together. If the whole company is collaborative, it can also mean nobody is collaborative because like you said, you have these cliques that are talking. That's right. But we all end up doing our own work with our own headphones. And then we feel scared of something like working from home that has a lot of benefits. That flexibility has so many benefits because we're like, no, we're a collaborative We work together, but we just work alongside each other separately. Yeah. (laughs) And so there is lacking in that concreteness of like, here's how to work in a team. And a lot of approaches like agile stuff, all these new kind of methods that are happening they just put really aggressive timelines, and that could be good. Or it could force people to work together, but there's also ways that you don't have to put that pressure on just to get something done. But maybe the open office, you know, lounging around and kind of chatting atmosphere isn't good for that.
0: Mm-hmm. So you've done all this for your master's, and now you are you defended your master's literally less than a month <laughs> ago. You're now starting your PhD, and w- are you going to be continuing with this project or kind of veering off into something else?
1: I'm going to stay similar to it, but I think I will move a bit away from that. Um, so some st- cool stuff that our lab is doing that I'm definitely going to explore over the next few years, because I know people probably want to get into the space thing, mm-hmm. is what's happening in space. So we want to go to Mars. That's a really far away way. takes a really long time to get there, and you're stuck with these people, and i don't know that i want to be stuck with like anyone in a small confined space for that long so how are these people going to do well and work together and like potentially just save their own lives and not you know die in this kind of crazy situations that are going to happen in space so there are analogs that we're working with uh space people and mission control groups to do where we look at how they're feeling about their group over time we try to pulse them really really quickly so every day we like gather a few questions and look over time and some really interesting research from some other labs has found that about three quarters of the way through no matter how long how many months it's been that the teams together stuff happens <laughs> to paraphrase that phrase and so things go wrong and it's always interesting to me how long it takes like you know you're close to the end maybe that's what kind of breaks down the relationships between the people and the team and there have been times where these simulations have gotten to a point and there have been articles written about them where people left and it wasn't like as a medical thing it's like they got into problems with other people and they're like get me out of here I want to leave and it's You can't do that in space but like we have to figure out how to fix that so is
0: that are these simulations you're talking about like is that like kind of the one in hawaii where they Mm -hmm. have that kind of it's like a a mountain almost where they have like this pod set up with people for months Mm -hmm. um, and people go in there um, it's
1: isolated isolated they do in the arctic uh hawaii they go into the desert in qatar like in utah rocky kind of dusty situations and so the terrain is supposed to be similar but also the Isolation is similar Mm -hmm. So even in these
0: simulated um, Situations that would probably Have even less stress than when you're in Space itself and these are like Trained Mm -hmm. you know Potential astronauts They are still getting Into these conflicts so big they have to get out Yeah that's incredible
1: And that's why we can get like The technicals down And some people will just focus on that But we need to get the you know interpersonal aspect also organized so they're top shape and they're you know doing this special underwater stuff where they go into the machines and everything but there's another element it's incredible it's incredible I I never knew that someone
2: that there that that you could it's a field of study the question if you were stranded on a desert island with <laughs> any person who would it be? Yeah, really. Exactly. And why? (laughs) And
1: And even if you thought you liked them in the beginning, like moving in with your best friend might not always work. (laughs) Absolutely. And and, and it's,
0: it's, it's such a huge variable. I mean, there's, and there's so many variables, you Mm -hmm. know, you can say like, we want maybe four smart people in a pod or, you know, four uh, people who are, you know, problem solvers. But, you know, what about all the other variables? Mm -hmm. I mean, Think about when you're getting a new roommate, mm-hmm. what you think about. And then this is in space.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah. Some sort of pre testing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. help a lot so so really cool stuff that you know we're looking to explore in the future and there's some things I do on the side do some different collaborations that we'd love to talk but if we of course have time yeah. um, <laughs> one of them which it always runs out that's the challenge one of them is how to de-bias hiring it's something I've worked on with some companies or helping them to understand that we want to translate the most fair and unbiased practices
2: the subject of hiring bias Mike that is a fascinating enough subject for an entire other episode, <laughs> I am super pumped. I will be hosting when you come back we on. Want our show. Back. We want you back. We want you back. Next time Natasha when we need back more on Gradcast. <laughs> That's right.
0: But you know, I think this is a good place to stop because we have indeed run out of time, and uh, we just want to thank you so much, Natasha, for coming on. This has been thank a really you. wonderful episode, and uh, so thank you so much, everyone. Uh, my name has been Nick. I'm Chantal. And you have been listening to GradCast on 94.9 CHRW, and you can listen to us every Tuesday at 6 p.m. We are indeed a production of the Society of Graduate Students. You can find us on gradcast.ca, also on social media at GradCast Radio, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you want to listen to this episode or older episodes, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes. And we have one more additional announcement from the Society of Graduate Students. We just want to remind you that it is the SOGS Orientation Week, which is hosted by the SOGS Orientation and Social Committee. That is lasting this week, so from September 10th to 14th. And one particular event that you should look out for is uh, on September 12th. uh, You can come to the Grad Club for some free food, and it'll be a really fun time from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And if you want to know more information, you can go to www.sogs.ca slash orientation. Thank you so much, everyone.
1: The Gradcast theme tune has been composed for us by Matthew Becker.